welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 121 As always, you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review can also check us out on Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're probably there. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei if you feel inclined to do so. With that said, once again, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, the Antaku. What's going on, man? Hey, it finally feels like I'm really back because this is actually a full card as opposed to like right. the four Bellator fights I watched last week. <laughs> the official re-entry, yeah. And I think this one uh, left us uh, feeling a lot better about ourselves. Um, got some got some moral victories. I mean, I felt um, good last week, but... No, I didn't feel so good. <laughs> I mean... I, I should have known. You, get, you have to set your expectations, man. Uh, I'm not so good at that. Uh, I like to believe in fairy tales, unfortunately. And if M- in, in the world of MMA, fairy tales are just very—they're not real. They—they—they they're, they can happen, but it's, you're taking a chance. You're, you're taking a chance believing in them. Um, but no, nah, def- definitely feels good uh, to be back. Um, it is cold. It is. Um... Yeah, it was <laughs> like three degrees this week for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um... Dick move weather. At, we're, we're currently at 24 right now. With a high of 48 at something. That, so that's, that's cool. That's but. the highest it'll have been since, like, last Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you guys are doing in your, uh, your part of the globe, but, uh, yeah, I've been seeing some single-digit weather. Um, <laughs> it was one day last week. I, like, woke up in the middle of the night, I had to use the bathroom, and I just happened to, like, look at my phone, and it was, like, negative three degrees at one in the morning, and I was just so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is it so cold? I just wanted to call out. Like, why am I, why is it so cold outside? Shout out to my car that, it you know, it, it's starting, you know, because, you know, sometimes when it's cold, you, that car is not, it's not about that life, but my, my car has been starting up, so I'm happy about that. Um, I've had to take some tugs at my door though sometimes it's getting so cold that i have to do that extra hard tug on the door because it just doesn't want to open oh god yeah i feel um, you there yeah it's just um but uh you guys in the midwest though you guys be safe because i know we're complaining about the cold on the east coast but that midwest cold from what i've been seeing is a different breed of cold that i don't ever want to experience <sighs> yeah um, negative yeah. negative degrees man like no you, you just shut down the state yeah I mean, like, we had, like, negative, like, two, and I've seen temperatures in the Midwest that range from, like, negative 10 to, like, negative 40. Um, like, a- and- apparently, you can get frostbite 
at like what was it negative twenty five degrees or something like that in like five minutes. Jeez, yeah, I'll stay inside. Like, it, yeah, uh, like the like the um, like the fireplace. Turn up the heater. Burn your books. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, cause yeah, it's definitely real out there. Like I, I saw somebody. I don't know if you saw the article. I, I don't know what state it was, but some guy was like outside of his dorm and he froze to death. Oh, like, Jesus Christ! There was a dude at um, the what you call it? Uh, I th- I think he was a a USPS um worker who froze outside his job. Like he was a mailman who froze outside the post office uh-uh. to death. He was like sixty nine years old. Why would you throw a 69-year-old? Like, come on, man. I'm assuming he tripped and fell, and, like, nobody went to go check up on him. He just, you know, froze to death. Jesus. Yeah, you, you guys be safe out there, man. That's 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 a different breed of cold. Like, don't... If you don't have to go outside, man, just, just, don't. just, just don't. I mean, even if you do have to go outside, just don't. Yeah. You know, that's that's literally life and death over there. Like, we're, we, we're complaining over here, but... We can live through it. You just kind of don't want to go through the hassle of it. But out there, that's that's literally life and death. Don't uh, don't don't mess around with that. But um, quick disclaimer before getting to the episode, um, I am a bit under the weather, so um, I'm sorry if I clear my nose eighty times <laughs> during this recording. This is what the winter time does to me. It's it's not good. It's never a good time. I hate this season with all of my heart and soul, but I have to get through it. So it kind of is what it is, but sorry if my voice sounds a bit, I don't know, weird or whatever. But um, anywho, moving on to top cities of the week for listeners. As always, shout outs to all the listeners, everybody on Tumblr, everybody on Twitter, wherever you people are listening to this podcast. We appreciate you. Uh, number one city for the week, San Antonio, Texas. Number two, Everett, Washington. Number three, Barcelona, Spain. Number four, Brooklyn, New York. And number five, uh, San Francisco, California. And right under number five, uh, actually tied, Red Deer, Canada. So, shout outs to Red Deer, <laughs> Canada. Appreciate you guys for listening. Drop questions, man. Leave comments. I want to hear from you people in these weird cities that you guys live in. We want to know what's on your mind. Yeah. Like, I see you Cairo, Egypt at number seven. Hey, imagine, imagine the person who listens to us in Cairo just has... Like, no idea what we're saying. <laughs> we just help them get through a hard day. It's just like, oh, they're, are they using us to practice their English? There we go. There we go. There we go. Shout out, shout out to you guys in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, I see you, Omaha, Nebraska at number 11. That was, uh, that was because we, we freaking did Bellator to speak. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. It was probably two fighters on the card. <laughs> I'm mad that Thackerville has never been on the list. Ah, uh, let, me, let me see. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere with Thackerville. Now we got a Somerville. Terrible. Thack, uh, Thacker, Thack- Thackerville, what's good? Like, yeah, Thackerville, stand up. <laughs> well, we can't even say that because they're not listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys get on, get on the bandwagon. If you know somebody in Thackerville, uh, forward, forward them this podcast so they can, you know. They can represent for their city. But, uh, yeah, shout out to you guys, all the listenership. Definitely appreciate it. Um, so, I guess we'll just, uh, before we get to the fights, get to some nose and newts. Um, nose and newts. 
news news and notes <laughs> not 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 the busiest of weeks but still some interesting happenings going on um probably with a lot more storylines than actual fights but um i will run through these uh on a real quick rapid fire tangent and then we'll go back and uh expand on whatever we feel needs to be expanded on so starting from the top uh holly holm versus aspen lad was supposed to be a fight um but dana white said nope so <laughs> so i have two working theories on that and it, there's no way they're mutually exclusive one being and we've heard rumors about this um already they're going to be doing amanda nunez versus holly holm at ufc 237 in may and they probably didn't want aspen lad surprising them and you know Ruining, yeah, up. ruining what might be the last women's bantamweight title fight ever because Amanda Nunes might be retiring if she wins, which is another bit of new, uh, which is about another bit of notes. Um, and my other working theory was when they first announced the fight, uh, I can't Larry Fishhauser or whatever the heck his name is, um, Holly Holmes' agent immediately came out and said yeah we haven't signed the contract yet like we're still negotiating um so my 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 theory is they never actually finished making the fight they just announced it and like a month ago they just gave up trying to book it i feel like that one's probably more likely i think that happens with a lot of fights honestly like somebody there's just a whisper like oh this might be a cool opponent and then somebody just gets word of it and if it's a good match, they're like, oh, this is going to happen three months from well, now. And they're like, no, 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 hold on. The right. UFC officially announced it. They made a poster and posted it on you, uh, on their Twitter account and everything. It's just that this has been happening a lot more lately. They, they're they announcing fights ahead of time, like before the contract, the battle agreements are signed. And then they'll, they'll announce the fight. And the one side that's holding out for more money or... I don't know, like a like a, a further date or something like that. They're like they're pressured into um to signing now. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like yeah, that could be like a strong arm tactic. Like we throw this in the public, and now your fans and whoever you're fighting fans, they're expecting this fight to happen, and now it kind of makes you look bad if you, you know, if you pull right. out because people throw around that ducking word. Yeah, but at the same time, they kind of need Holly Holm because. Who else is Amanda Nunes going to fight? I was going to say, you got, like, Kate, Caitlin Vieira, maybe. I don't know who else is really in the wing. Like, I, I like Caitlin Vieira. I think she's going to be really good. And it, not even from, like, a standpoint of, is she ready? It's just, like, nobody's going to pay to see Caitlin Vieira versus Amanda Nunes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, that, those are actually my next two bits of news. Uh, yeah, Nunes versus home. Uh, word on the street. Is that'll be going down at UFC 237, and then also I saw a rumor uh, possibly for that same card would be Nina Anzarov versus Tatiana Suarez. Um, so we'll we'll see how that turns out. Um, but as as of now, it is official that Holly Holm versus Aspen Ladd isn't a thing, and I don't know who Ladd's uh, going to fight next. But we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, moving on at UFC 235, uh, Frankie Signs will be stepping in. Uh, for Thomas Almeida, so he will be fighting Marlon Vera at UFC 235. Um, at the UFC Philadelphia card on March 30th, uh, we'll have Ross Pearson versus Dez Green. 
and also Sadiq Youssef versus Shaman Marais um, at UFC Nashville on March 23rd. We'll have John McDessie uh, versus Little Gastelum, uh, Nazareth Hakpares. That'll be an awesome fight. Uh, UFC London on March 16th. Joseph Duffy will be returning against Mark Diacassi. At UFC London, we'll have Nathaniel Wood versus Jose Alberto Quiones. Um, UFC Wichita on March 9th has a little trio of fights announced. Uh, Nico Price versus Tim Means. Matt Schnell versus Luis Smoker, And Alex Morono versus Zach Otto. And the next uh, bit of fights or news for the UFC... Uh, not actual fights, just a few storylines <laughs> going on out there. Uh, Autumn Lobov, he's out of here. Um, after going 2-5 and five in the UFC, uh, he has uh, been given the, uh, the white box or the pink slip, whatever you want to call it. Um, but he's expressed interest in fighting and like Bellator, maybe even boxing, one rising... He'll find a job, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like he he, yeah. he works. It seems like he works, like, he's taken fights for free before. Like, people like that type of crap, and, well, not people, promoters, promoters like that. And, like, he, he, he better, for better or worse, he's got all this, like, uh, he's got all this attention on him. Yeah. So. I feel like guys like him will always have a job. No matter what his record says, he's just going to go in there and just kind of throw hands. Yeah. So some somebody somewhere will will pay to throw him on a card somewhere. So we'll we'll see where he uh he ends up. Um and the results of our uh, brawl around the world <laughs> from last year uh involving uh, Habib and Connor, uh that has come to a close. Uh so Habib has been suspended for 9 months. Uh he has been fined $500,000. Um but his suspension can be reduced to six months if he agrees to film a PSA delivering an anti-bullying message. So, look out for the uh, Habib um, PSA coming to I don't know cable. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it's showing up at if he does it. But you know, look out for that. And McGregor uh, was suspended for six months and fined fifty thousand dollars. So those are the results of the brawl, the results of Habib jumping off a cage and about to kill Dylan Danis and all, all of that madness that happened. Uh, continuing the news with the UFC, bro- brother John Jones, <laughs> he's, uh, he's always in a headline somewhere. Uh, his quote-unquote abnormal drug test is just a continuing theme. Uh, he has some samples collected from Vada on January 6th and 7th. Um, I, I don't. I guess they were like the same amount, the the, the picogram or whatever, of the turnaball, whatever whatever substance. I I don't know what he takes, but it's still in his system. But they they're not waving any flags, no uh, no foul play, and he's been granted a one conditional uh granted a conditional one fight license, uh, so he can defend his belt against Anthony Smith. At this point, are we just going to accept John's test, and we're just are we just going to look the other way? Yeah, is, is that what we're going to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, man, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you guys want from me. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't. <laughs> I have no like moral high ground to stand on. Like, this is just going to be a thing now, because it's it's just a thing. Is it right? Probably not. But 
John Jones, man. Like drugs. I, I don't I don't really know what else to do. <laughs> I have no great speech to give you to uh combat this. This is just gonna be a thing because he's John Jones and he can just kinda do this. So But uh moving down the news, uh on to Ryzen. Um they will have events on April twenty first, July twenty eighth, August eighteenth. Uh, they'll have a card in October, but there is no uh, date announced for that card. And then, of always, uh, they'll have cards on December 29th and uh, on the December 31st. Um, more importantly, Ryzen 15 has a few uh, fight announcements lined up, and it features uh, some some Bellator folk, uh, actually some former UFC fighters also. King Mo, he'll be coming over. He'll be fighting Jiri Projaska. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi will be fighting Ben Wynn, so glad to see Ben Wynn post, uh... Got a job. Yeah, got a job, man. So, that's that's always good to see. He, he's out here, and, you know, you go from being out of the UFC to fighting Horiguchi. Good good on you. <laughs> and also on that same card, you have Makuru Asakura and Luis Gustavo, and also Kai Asakura versus Yuta Sasaki. So, uh, that is pretty much all I have for the news and notes. Definitely looking forward to that Ryzen card. That seems, uh, I like the whole Bellator thing they're doing. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. Send guys over there, have have fun fights. King Mo and Jerry is probably going to be a hilarious fight for all the wrong reasons. But I don't think, I feel bad for King Mo. Like, uh, well, maybe not bad, but like, it, it seems pretty clear at this point he just can't take a punch anymore. Or at least a really clean punch. Like, he got dropped by Phil Davis. Like, he beat Rampage and Ishii, but that's because they couldn't. Like, Ishii doesn't hit hard, and Jackson's a shell of his former self. But, like, he's out here getting knocked out by Liam McGeary and Ryan Bader. Like, Apparently, Ryan Bader left hooks are deadly. <laughs> Jesus. And it just matters on who he's landing him on. <laughs> but uh yeah, so that's uh Oh I forgot, there's one bit of other news that I didn't hear you mention. So the director of Narcos, uh Jose Pandilla uh Padilla Padilla? Whatever. Uh, he'll be tackling Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in a movie for Netflix called Dead or Alive and it's going to be based around the life of Hicks and Gracie. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Did see I don't that. know if it's a series or a movie or a series of movies, because, like, the, that's what all the Netflix TV shows really are at this point. Just, like, 60-minute movies. But, um, yeah, that's a thing that's happening. That'll be... interesting. <laughs> I don't really know what else to call it, but that'll... Netflix and, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and a Gracie. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like. It's going to be Hickson telling stories, and it's going <laughs> to be amazing. I wonder what, like, how do you choreograph a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fight? I've seen Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like, used in martial arts flicks, but it's never, you know, it's not, like, the focus of the fight. So we're gonna like get like full blown choreographed, you know. I just wanted to go completely like movie, like not not doc like actual movie like choreograph. 
where it's just it's obviously not BJJ, but people who don't know what BJJ is can't tell the difference. Right. <laughs> All he does is just like break limbs, but it's not like typical submissions. He's doing like Mortal Kombat moves. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he's literally just breaking every bone in your body. It's, oh, this man. is just probably going to be crazy fairy tales, if we're being honest. Hey, that, that, that could, that's, that's good TV, though. That could make for some good entertaining television. Yeah. I'm, I, wonder, I wonder who. Like, they, they're going to have to have cameos in there. I want to I see who's. Uh, what, what real life uh, jujitsu players are gonna? It's just gonna be all Gracies. They're not gonna bring and call up like Eddie Bravo and have him in there. <laughs> I, I don't know if, if Vitor's gonna be in it. Oh, man. Victor, I'm sorry, Victor Gracie. Um. Oh, and last bit of news. So, on the Glovekin Canelo front. Uh, Ring Magazine reported that the Zone is ready to offer Gennady Golovkin forty-five million dollars for two fights, and uh, so that would basically be one year of his career, huh. which, which is fair because Golovkin's basically at the end of his career. Um, he, he's probably got one or two really good years left, or, or good years left before we just start seeing him get like seriously decline. But um, yeah, no. It, it looks like the 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 third Canelo fight could be on the horizon. Boy, <laughs> it's kind of ended another split draw, something crazy. At, at this point, I think Canelo takes it like not easy, but um, convincingly. One would hope. <clears throat> This, this trilogy. I mean, it's been a good trilogy. But I mean, yeah, it's been a good series of fights. I just don't want any... I don't want this to end with shenanigans. Um, then again, yeah, Canelo so has to get past Jacobs, so... Oh, yeah, that's, that's the thing, too. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned that before. Yeah, that that's a fight, too. That's that's the thing that's happening. If he, do, if he um, does it, like, if he gets past Jacobs and then gets past Glovkin, like, fair, he's fighter of the year. We'll see. We'll see. So, plenty of fights on the horizon, a lot going down. Um, before we get to the UFC card, uh, I just want to quickly mention uh, Glory 63, because they had a card that went down, I think it was on the first. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of this card. Uh, I caught, like, some of the prelims, um, so most of what I'm reading is just, you know, kind of just results. I didn't really see a lot of these, um, but I figured it was worth a mention. Uh, Petchman, oh, I've always, always messed up the Thai names, forgive me. Petchpan Mrong Kiat Mukau, uh, defeated, uh, uh, Sir High Adam Chuck via unanimous decision for the featherweight title. Um, judging by the scores, <laughs> 50 all the way across. So, I'm guessing that was a slacking of sorts, but, uh, Kiat Mukau's a beast. Uh, so go, go watch that. Oh, and I also mentioned, um, I think I saw that. Uh, Glory's cards from now on, I think, are just going to be on Fight Pass. I don't think they're doing the ESPN thing anymore. Mm. I feel like I read that somewhere. Um, but this card was all on Fight Pass. So, uh, but yes, uh, he defended his featherweight title. Uh, Troy Jones defeated Omari Bird via unanimous decision. Uh, Richard Abraham defeated Charles Rodriguez via unanimous decision. Uh, Wen Shen Jang uh, defeated Laurent Nelson uh, via split decision. 
Uh, and Jason Wilness defeated Jacob Rodriguez via TKO by leg kicks. Um, but the one fight, or well, two fights I want to mention, uh, one fight that I did get to watch, uh, Cole Lee uh, versus uh, Savin Kessasam. Sorry, I'm probably butchering that name. Uh, that was a pretty awesome prelim fight. Um, go go check that out. Just lots of back and forth violence uh, that was on the prelims. And I hope I'm mentioning the right fight. Um, I, oh, yeah, that's definitely it. Um, I didn't watch this fight. But I'm hearing good things about this gentleman named Abraham Vidalis, uh, who defeated Dimitri Avi by TKO. Um, I didn't see the fight, but word, word on the street is that this guy looks really, really good. And they're saying that he could be potential, you know, maybe like that next it guy, um, potentially in glory. So Abraham Vidalis. So give him a look. Uh, I'll have to go back and check this card out. But that was Glory 63. Um, from the fights that I did get to see, it looked like a pretty entertaining card. So if you have Fight Pass, uh, go uh, go give that a look. Um, and I'll let you talk. Well, I guess you probably saw more of the Kovalev. Well, I know we none, neither one of us watched the main event. but Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was a watch for Kovalev and Alvarez looked bad. So, you know. Yeah. So, Sergey Kovalev uh, beat a... Uh, God, I suck at Spanish. Alidier, I guess. Alidier, uh... Alvarez. Alvarez, yeah. Yeah, and regained the WBO title. Whack. Um, also on that card, uh... Teofimo Lopez. Yes. Uh, knocked out Diego Magdaleno. I'm tempted to look at the video, but I'm going to read the other results. <laughs> um, Oscar Valdez uh, defeated uh, Carmine Tomasone. And is that the only other fight? Uh, Richard called uh, me to uh, knock uh, Issa Chaniev out in, like, I believe, the second round. In the fight, Max Kellerman just went to freaking ham on um, Lawrence Cole. Uh, the referee for the bout because he probably should have stopped the fight in the first round, and he just called out like Lawrence Cole, he called out the Texas, um, you know, state athletic commission, but it, it probably the best. The like, it's probably like it. It, it, it seems like Max Kellerman's getting more of um, getting a lot more leeway to speak his mind on ESPN, that uh, uh, more than he did on HBO anyway. So, he, just going so he, he went the fuck off on them. <laughs> hey, man, you got you to gotta have one loose. Uh, he was on his game um, for the parts of the card I saw. So, you know, shout out to Max Hellerman. Yeah, so, uh, go back, watch some kickboxing, watch some boxing. People getting punched and kicked everywhere. So, go 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 back and check it out. Um, but, yeah, so that brings us on to the main event of the evening. UFC Fight Night, what was it, like 144? We're, we're not doing that no more. We're just doing fighter names. <laughs> yeah. Fighter names, and that's it. Maybe <laughs> if you want, we can do, like, platform plus fighter names, but we're not numbering shit anymore because it gets too confusing. ESPN, uh, ES, uh, UFC on ESPN plus Fight Night. Uh, ES, oh, God damn it. Uh, two. <laughs> two. Like, what, like... Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. They got yeah, they got they got to figure out a more uniform way to 
to say these, but they, they have it listed as UFC on ESPN plus two. Uh, a Sun Sal versus Marais too. <laughs> <Very low. laughs> UFC Fight Night. So a Sun Sal versus Marais too. There, there we go. That's that's a lot better. Um, but <laughs> uh, that card uh, happened last night. Uh, we're recording this uh, Sunday morning. Uh, so that card happened last night uh, over in Brazil. Obviously headlined by Marais, uh, Marlon Marais, and Rafael Sunsal. Uh, this was a rematch of a fight that happened, was this last year? Or the year before last? Um, 2017. Yeah, 2017. Um, really close fight the first time they matched up. Um, Marais ended up dropping a split decision. Since then, Marais has pretty much been on a tear. Um, and that tear has continued. <laughs> um, this rematch did not need uh, all of the allotted time. Uh, Marais got it done in one round. Um, if you add up I mean, how much time Morris has been in the cage for his last five fights, it's, I think it's like exactly five minutes. Yeah, or not five <laughs> fights. I'm sorry, three fights. Yeah, he's he's been getting he's been getting guys in and out of there. Um, it just seems like you know the the, I mean to the Sun Sal's credit, and we've said this about the Sun Sal before. That's a tough fight for a debut. Like a Sun Sal doesn't get the accolades or the praise or like the recognition. But he's been a top bantamweight pretty much since forever. Um, he just doesn't get any of the praise that should come with that. Or the title shots. So, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> or the title shots. Um, so, like, that that's a tough debut fight. Um, so, to, to drop a fight to a Sun Sound in your first fight, I, I don't think is, uh, you know, not, not anything to be ashamed of. Um, and it just seems like the more Marais fought in the UFC, like, he just kind of got more comfortable and now he's just, the man is just in his groove. Um, I mean, they came out, they had a little, little you know, a little, little, little feeling out. Marais throwing some, some leg kicks. Sun Sal kind of, you know, put, pushing the pressure a little bit. Uh, flexing the jab out there. But Marais just has like these just, he's so explosive. <laughs> like the, the man just, he can end a fight like at a moment's notice. And a lot of times it, it happens with that left head kick that he throws a lot that he has laid waste to many people with um but this time he caught a sun sow with two consecutive overhand rights <laughs> that like absolutely floored him and they just like i said marice is just so explosive and it just it just kind of happens like one minute you think everything's going okay like you're kind of you're moving you're you're the one asserting the pressure and then out of nowhere you just get you just get rocked um he, he caught a sun sow with two overhand rights to go on the ground. He drops some ground and pound. Um, and then he ends up locking up this guillotine. And was it one arm? No, no, he had, two, uh, he had, he he had, had one of a sun sow's arms it locked in, but it was two arms for him. Oh. And, yeah, it was, and it was deep. And I, I saw, like, when at first I wasn't sure if he had it in all the way. But when I saw how a sun, like he had his legs around a sun sow, like it, it was perfect control. Like there was no way a sun sow was getting out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he ended up tapping. And to get, to, I mean, to be the sun sow was impressive, impressive enough. To get him out of there within a round is kind of crazy. The only other, per- like the last person to do that was like a Ricardo Lamas. And that was almost eight years ago. <clears throat> yeah. So. And I'll say this again, as I've said a thousand times, I've been singing Marais' praises for years. 
<laughs> I've believed for a long time that this man was an elite 135er, but because he was in World Series of Fighting, you know, nobody wants to give you that credit. But the eye test doesn't lie, man. The man, the man is a stud. Um, so he comes in, he gets his son Sal out of there, and he makes fun of TJ for losing to the little boys, as he <laughs> as he called them. Um, so at this point, like you just kind of have to do Marais TJ. I, I don't. I don't. I, I hope. I hope they. Please, UFC, don't don't do Cejudo TJ rematch. Don't do that to me. Um, Please let Marais get his title shot. Like, he's winning fights. He's finishing people. He's doing it pretty quickly. I, I don't know what else really he can do. Um, get, give the man his title shot. And I, I think he's going to take the belt. But aside from that, like, give, give the man his title shot. Really, you could have said that about both of these fighters. Because the Sun South should have gotten a title shot like 80,000 yeah, times. Yeah, like, South was 11-1 and one at Bantamweight before this fight. Yeah. With a win over TJ Dillashaw. Right. And never even got... You never even heard his name mentioned. Dana, Dana White, <laughs> after his last fight, uh, Asansa's last fight, was like, this kid has to work for a title shot. And he was gone for a year and blah, blah, blah. Like, he ha- he's lost once in seven years prior to this fight. How ridiculous yeah. is that? And the thing is, like, with this loss, especially losing it, like, it was a pretty, like, one-sided, well, not not really a ton happened, but you lost so quickly. You got to think, like, uh, unless it's, like, an emergency situation and somebody gets injured and they need a replacement, I don't imagine them giving him a title shot. But now, now he's really not going to get one, like, any time. Yeah. But that's, that's how the UFC cookie crumbles, um, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, how do you feel about uh, uh this fight? Uh, well, I'm, I'm agree with you. It's pretty clear that he he was just way uh, uh Marais was just way more comfortable than he was in the first fight. Like in the first fight, he was biting on feints that were ridiculously half-assed. Uh, and he still arguably won that fight. That's the crazy part to me. Like he he was throwing a lot of bad strikes, a lot of wasted uh movement. So, um, but here, like, the, the finishing sequence was him. He he missed on an uppercut hook combination, I believe it was. And then just, instead of giving a Sun Sao space to reset, he was just like, fuck it, turned into him and threw two overhand rights. That, um, that, that ended up putting a Sun Sao on the ground. And, uh, from there, uh, us getting, uh, passing a Sun Sao's guard. Uh, Sunset goes for the um, goes for the underhook to get the stand up, and then he just guillotines him. And he, since it was tapping before um, before the final tap with the other hand, he was tapping on the inside of his, like, cause one of his arms was trapped between uh, Moraes' legs, and you can see him tapping, but it, like I guess nobody noticed, so he had to pull one arm out to get the tap in. So. Yeah. Point point being, we don't see a sun sour really get handled like that often. ever. So yeah, that's that's not <laughs> that's not a normal thing that happens. So um, man, like <laughs> I don't know why this randomly made me think of this. Like 
TJ could have had so many other good fights had we not had they not just did that Cody rematch that we just didn't need right away. Yeah. Hell, they could have been building to the Cody rematch right now. In, right. Instead, Cody Garbrandt's about to go fight Pedro Munoz and might actually lose. Yeah. Not not that was not a good move on their part. Like I get it, rivalry, press conferences, they hate each other, all that good stuff, but that yeah, that that was not the move. Cause this division is just it's built up a lot, man. There there's so many good opponents now and at Bantamweight that it's you you can't pass up on people. That's what blows my mind about the UFC is like they find ways, even in their most talent rich divisions, to still hold things up. Like, <laughs> why is there a log jam at lightweight when everybody's a title contender? Like, <laughs> this just doesn't make sense. But that's 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 a whole another rant for another day. But Marlon Marais, man, the dude dude is a stud. Um, give, give the man his title shot. I, I think he's more than done more than enough to earn it. And out, outside of TJ, he is clearly the best bantamweight on the planet. We, and we honestly don't know what TJ Dillashaw is going to look like at Bantamweight. Like, getting knocked out, eating, like, 70 unprotected shots to the head <laughs> after having to cut down to, like, 125. Like, try, like that cut for Burrell is what killed his career more than the TJ schlubbing. It's just, like, th- those piled together just made it terrible. Like, the, the good part for TJ is that, like, it wasn't as long, prolonged. But like, we still don't know what he looks like back at 135. Yeah. I just think, not not to get too far ahead, I, I just think Marais has so much in, in, in the tool shed to use. He's, he's extremely well-rounded. Like, we only see a lot of his striking in, in, in the UFC thus far. Um, but he's a really well-rounded fighter. And I, I just think he's going to have a lot for TJ. And I think that just that power... If he catches TJ, he's gonna put him out, um, in my opinion. But we'll uh, we'll we'll see how that all how that all plays out. But congrats to Marais fight warm my heart. Um, I like a sun Sal, but I've I've been pulling from Marais for a very long time, and I'm I'm I feel validated <laughs> in, in my hype that he's put himself pretty much in a, a title shot position. Um, but with that being said, the co-main event, which is kind of the main event. This is like the moral. It would have been the main event if Jose Aldo decided he didn't want to fight five rounds. Ah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> but man, Jose Aldo, Hanato Moicano. Oh boy, this we're gonna talk about a fight that just makes you feel good inside. And but I'll preface all this by saying, is no hate towards Moicano. Great fighter, love watching him fight. Looking forward to whatever he does next. But Aldo is just one of those guys that since forever, it's just like, I, I, I don't pick against him. Like, he's just, I'll stubbornly root for him even in fights. I'm not sure if he'll win. But he's just like that guy for me that I, just, I have to, I, I have to just pull for him because he's just, he's been that dude for so long. Um, and I said this before, I, 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 even with his losses to Holloway, I think he may have lost a step, maybe a slight step, but he has a lot more in the tank than I think people are giving him credit. Oh, yeah. Like, I I saw people, like, I I understand where the, like, I understand the, uh, the, the, the worry for, like, 
people who are fans of Jose Aldo, like myself, um, when it comes to like, okay, he, like we've seen him get knocked out like three times now. Um, he's fighting a young dude who's a really good striker, who has a really good skill set, who's longer than him. Um, just bigger overall, actually, not just longer, like, um, and who's coming off like a really good streak. But unlike Max Holloway, Conor McGregor, McConnell is not really aggressive. Like, he's not going to take air out of, uh, he's not going to force Aldo into making mistakes. And he's not going to bite on every mistake Aldo makes. He's he's a much more flowy fighter. Like, yeah. a, a, a laid-back counter-puncher. That's how, that, you know, that's how he's made his money up to this point. But, um, that's not going to work on Aldo. Because if you just stand in space with Aldo, you're giving him time to read you. And that's all he needs. And... Halfway through the first round, he just realized, oh, every time I go, I move to the inside, he goes to the high guard and tries to run away. So I'm just going to attack this, like, three feet of torso that this man has. <laughs> and I'm just going to punch him as hard as I can every single time. And it kept working. <laughs> yeah, he... I was worried at first because the fight started off so slow, and I was like, oh, what if he just, like, clips Aldo with something crazy on, like, a counter? But Aldo still has, like, those fast twitch. I, I don't know, like, had this fight gone longer, like, let's say this was a five-round, if he could have, like, kept... Because I, I feel like a lot of Aldo's game kind of relies on, like, how fast and just... He can get out of the way so quick and return fire so quick. Like, it was a, a really quick moment where, like, he had, he slipped something from Moicano and return back. And it wasn't like a flash. It was like a split yeah, second. Yeah, no, dude and... is still quick as shit. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of wild how, how fast his, his reaction time is. Um, but yeah, like, the first round was just kind of a, a feel-out kind of technical for, like, the first half of it. But I, I like all those, like, the, the, the leg kicks were coming back. I mean, not, not like, you know, not, not like Faber-esque, but he was throwing them. I was just happy to see them. And... Like I said, quick twitch on the reaction time. Um, like you said, body shots. Just the man puts 110%. <laughs> if he's hitting you in the torso, he's trying to kill you. Um, so I, yeah. I just really love the fact that, like, and, and we've we, we seen a little bit of this since like he lost to McGregor. Like, although without the title, it's just such a more daring but more relaxed. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. he, he, like, he he used to fight like he was sprung, like like a like a spring. Like he was just like, just wet, like always like really tense. Now he's just flowing. Like he's just out there like reading and flowing, and it's really cool to see. I wonder if like, could you you hear this a lot with like, you know, G GSP mentioned this a lot in his career. Like, when you've been a champ for so long, because <laughs> Aldo, for all the crap, I don't know where the Aldo hate ever comes from, but, like, Aldo was a dominant champ for a very, 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 very long time. And after fighting just for that long and being undefeated, like, that's just a lot of pressure to just go out and perform and be flawless, like, every night. Right. And I almost think that, like, him losing... It's not a good thing, but it's like a good thing because it's like, okay, I've kind of got this 
this pressure is it's kind of gone now. Like I'm not champ anymore. Now I can just go. I can just have fun. Like <laughs> I can just go out there and just do whatever. And because you you watch like his fights, even his dominant fights he had when he was champ, like the Frankie fight, the, especially the second one, where like he tooled Frankie in that fight. Yeah. But even in that fight, I never felt like he was really. I don't know the word to say. Like I, I didn't feel like he was like really going for a finish. It was more so like I'm just gonna school you because I don't really think you can touch me. But in these like recent string of fights, it seems like he's going for it. Like if I smell blood, I'm pouncing and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you out of there. And I feel like I, we haven't seen that all though in a while. Yeah. Because a lot of his fights were dominant, but he was just kind of like, it's like a dominant coast. If that even makes sense. Now it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm killing you now. Because that second round, it was like a light switch flick. He's yeah. like, I don't get that championship money anymore, so I got to get my bonuses when I can. Right. <laughs> and that second round, the man just kicked it up to another notch. And that last combination was like body shot, left, right, left. The man just threw like an 80-punch combination. Moicano stumbling all over the place. <laughs> like, it was... And, like, at one point, like, Mui kind of, like, turned around and, like, kind of ran towards the other direction. And Aldo, just, like, an animal, just running towards him. You're not getting away from me. I'm, I'm killing you before you get out of here. And just unloads on Mui Kano. Um, and then he hops the fence. Yeah. And <laughs> security needs to be on standby as soon as he wins because, well, he goes straight for the fence. And that leap he took was... It was an impressive jump <laughs> he took from yeah. the, the cage to to the fans, but nah, man, this this if you're an Aldo fan, this fight just warmed your heart. Like it, it was everything you loved about Aldo was was just in this fight, and the fact that you know with all that's happened in his career, he's still getting wins over top guys, um, and probably still arguably outside of Holloway. Arguably still the best featherweight on the planet. As much as hate, as much as the hate that people seem to give him for whatever reason, and then try to discredit him because of his losses, the man is still, like, one of the best featherweights on the planet. Yep. Dude, like, dude is, like, legit, like, he's legitimately one of the most skilled fighters ever. But... I... I, I don't hold the Max Holloway losses against him or the McGregor losses. It's just he's really, really good. I wonder with this fight now, because of like how good he Dude, is. Dude, that was like a that was a Khabib that, that was a Khabib style jump too. Right. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder though with this win. So, do you? Because I feel like he's kind of in an interesting position. Because you, you would have thought that the way people talked about him after the Holloway fight, like that he was just done, done, done. Now he's here. He's still getting wins over top guys. Do you throw him to like, or do, do you match him up against like a Volkanovski or like an Ortega and risk the possibility that he gets one of your young guys out of there? I'm, or... I'm, I'm sorry. You cut out before you mentioned the uh, Volkanovski-Ortega fight. What was the oh. first option? Yeah, well, no, no, that was it. I was going to say, like, do you do you, do you you throw him against, like, a Volkanovski or an Ortega and have the risk that, you know, Volkanovski is on the rise or <clears throat> Ortega is 
he, he's pretty much up there in that that elite echelon also do, do you throw him against either one of those guys and risk the danger that he might <laughs> decapitate one of them um because you don't want him eliminating your challenges or do you just give him like fun fights to fun fights that are still competitive that maybe won't have him knocking off contenders because I, I don't think at least if you're the ufc i don't think you want to do another holloway fight no I don't think it'd be in all those best interests if he only has two. But give him a lot, uh, another hallway fight. Um, like all the option, all his best options for me are at lightweight. Like, and, and um, it, it's Donald Cerrone, it's Anthony Pettis, and it's Conor McGregor. Like those are the three fights I want to see. Yeah, you said I forgot how many fights he's on his contract. He has two? two more fights left. Yeah, one one of them one of them has to be a lightweight. Just just one time, just please, <laughs> just please give me that. Um, it, it has, like, I just want to see him <clears throat> get the opportunity because yeah. he he what that fought at lightweight. Like, how crazy is that? Like, we're in the era of. You know these super fight champion versus champion fights for the titles, and like the only reason Aldo wasn't the first champ champ is because the UFC said he had to give up the featherweight title, right? Uh, to fight Anthony Pettis, who I who hindsight being twenty twenty, I think he probably would have beat the crap out of. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and those those are facts, like. Because every time I post anything Jose Aldo related on Twitter, somebody comes in with the McGregor gif. I don't know where you guys come from in your little corner of the internet. I mean, you can post a gif yeah. of McGregor getting his ass, like, right. handed to him by <laughs> Khabib. I, I just don't engage. I'm like, I, I'm just, eh, I'm not here for it. But yeah, th- those are facts. Like, he legit could have been double champ and they tried to literally force his hand. And now, like, being the double champ is the thing. And he would have been on that wave, but, you know, the UFC didn't, for whatever reason, just didn't want to let him do it. Um, but, no, nah, yeah, I would say with his last two fights, um, <clears throat> while I wouldn't mind seeing Aldo and, like, Ortega, just because, um, I, I, I would love to see him have a crack at lightweight. Just because, like, back when the Anthony Pettis fight was just rumored to be a thing, I was really hyped for that, and then it fell through, and... It just kind of quieted down after a while. But Pettis is still around here. Aldo's at the tail end of his career. Why not just... Let's let's get this before before they both leave and, and exit. Um, and they pass is even 30 years old, I think. Boy, and <laughs> he's not... He's got to be like 30. He might be 30 exactly. Oh, he's 32? Wow. Yeah, he... I would say he's got to be the man. Like, I is, thought he was like twenty nine. Nah, nah. He's he's got some he's got some fight years on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially with all those injuries. Got, I, like I think yeah. that's what it is. I just keep forgetting he was gone forever. <laughs> with with all the ACL and shoulder injuries and whatever. And like the way Pettis fought Ferguson, I want to see that Pettis against Aldo. I just want to see some blood. Just just give me some nice fun violence that. And, and that's a fight that you can make that, like, at lightweight, 
with the way Pettis is like currently positioned, like, I mean, we all know rankings don't matter, but like that's a fun fight that you can make that's not clogging up any divisions. That's still a really competitive fight that people will tune in for. Um, yeah, and, but I feel like everybody and, wins. And I, like I said, I'd be down for seeing him fight McGregor again. Because I, I know, I, I know, like he probably, if you ask him, he'll probably say, you know, you know, I'm past McGregor or whatever, but you know he wants that one back. Yeah. And like, I, I said this the first time, like, did we talk about that fight? Was that fight within the span of this show? Or was that forever ago? I can't even remember. I can't remember either. I think that was before this, but I think I posted it. Like, we don't really know what, like, what would happen in a rematch. Yeah, because the first one, and it's not to take away from McGregor, because he, I mean, he starts. And it was the punch that McGregor was going to train to. Oh, like it, it's the punch that McGregor always throws. It's not like right. he went out there and hit him with like a capoeira kick that we'd never seen him do before. This was just like he just kind of looked into it. Yeah, and all although. <laughs> God, all, that replay always kills me because Aldo just didn't do himself any. When he leaped in, I was like, "Oh my God, he's gonna die!" Like, <laughs> like McGregor's not the guy you want to rush. Right. Like, he's too accurate. You, you just can't do that. Um, but yeah, please, last two fights, just go go to lightweight. Um, and I, I'm glad. I hope we we never know. I always take retirements with a grain of salt. Um. But I'm glad to see him ending what it seems like, uh, assuming he doesn't come back like eight months later and like rising or something crazy he, like he that. He might go but box. I wouldn't mind that. Hopefully doesn't take too many hits there. But I, I'm glad he's ending at least his MMA career like on his own terms. And still at like a relatively, in the grand scope of things, like a young age, he's only <clears> like 30, he's like 35. Not even. 30. He's like, he's like early, mid, mid 30s at the most. Uh, he is 32. Oh, oh. Right. Yeah, no, Aldo's been fighting professionally <laughs> since he was like 16, 17, I think. Yeah, it's been a bit. Yeah, he's another guy who has a lot of. He's got the fight mileage on him. But like, two more fights in your contract, you know, at most. You know, probably only fighting for like another year or two if if he sticks to his word. So I I, I think all those dudes who stick to his word because like you ask him about MMA like outside of like his teammates and like a couple of like UFC cards, like he like he doesn't know really what's going on. <laughs> I just show up to fight. No. But, like, oh, yeah, he really does have that kind of like attitude. Like him and um Holloway until really recently. Like they, where it just seems like they don't really know what's going on in the division, let alone in like the sport. You can do that when you're that good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like oh my god, uh, the story about how he was going to miss weight fight was it Jeremy Stevens or? Yeah, where like he uh, his coach tells him, uh, uh, Pedernaris tells him. You know, fighters who miss weight lose their fights more often than not, which is not true, by the way. It's the exact opposite. Um, and then Aldo was like, "Really? Fuck! Guess I'm going back to the sauna." <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just like, wow, this man pays no attention to the sport. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, I hope I'm glad he 
would be retiring like on his own terms at a still like young age in it's life. It's just gonna be one long victory lap, and he deserves it. Yeah. yeah. Thank God he's not gonna be like so, these other dudes and out here fighting until he's like forty-one. Right, because that's that's what we don't need to see. Like, get out while you still got your health, and like you've accomplished pretty much everything you can. Um, they took the double champ for you, but you know you you were a dominant champ for years. It would, I don't care what. I don't care that they don't count this. I'm counting it. WEC title defenses matter. Yes, they do. He's a nine-time defending champion. He is tied with GSP for second on the list. Or yeah. third now, I guess. So, put put respect on that man's name. So, Jose Aldo defeated Moicano via TKO round two. Just a great heartwarming moment. Vintage Aldo. If you didn't watch that, go back and watch it. It'll just make your soul smile. It was, it was just a, it was such a good moment, such a good moment. You know, it won't happen, but I, I, like, just throwing it out there, I'd love to see Khabib Aldo. Mmm, that's hate down deep. Right. <laughs> like I, I think Khabib ultimately just out, um, cardios. Like just outworks Aldo because you know he Aldo will fade down the stretch, but like those first two rounds would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> those first two rounds would be amazing. And we know we know Khabib is you know lightning quick at lightweight, but Aldo is lightning quick at featherweight. So it, it just gets me thinking. Like I, I want to know what that fight looks like. God, and so and Khabib is another dude who's really susceptible to body shots. Hmm. Boy, I hope it, it please UFC. His last two fights, man. There's so many fun options at lightweight. Just pick up, just throw names in a hat and just, just pick one. Like, just so so many fun options. Um, but moving on to other um, uh, veterans of the sport who are still out here getting wins, Damian Maya uh, against Lyman yep. Good. Uh, God. Yeah, that. I like I like Lyman Good man. Um, um, I oh, I always man. have a soft spot in my heart for the Tiger Showman guys, but like yeah. even I saw this coming from my way. Like Lyman is just really bad at dictating where the fight's going to take place, like positionally in the cage. And as soon as Maya pressed forward and got him outside that little black octagon in the center of the ring, cage, like you knew it was over. It was yeah. only a, it was only a matter of time. It, it just it was a question of how long. It, it, it turns out the answer was not very. Yeah, my 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 came out with his forty uh, one year old veteran savvy. He pressured immediately, you know, fainted his hands out there. We know he wasn't throwing hands. Just... <laughs> That's the thing though. Everybody knows that Maya's not going to throw hands, but they still back up when he pressures because they're afraid of the takedown. <laughs> but the best place to have Maya is an open space because you can disengage. Right. But, yeah, he put that pressure on him, shoots for a single leg, and it's pretty, pretty much over from yeah, there. Yeah. Like, it's just a matter of him, how long is it going to take me to get my position? How long uh, does it just take me to get this submission? Yep. And, yeah, he, uh, he ended up with a rear naked choke uh, two minutes and 38 seconds into the first Standing, round. too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To make it more impressive, like I just want to throw out, Maya was something like um, 
zero for 49 on takedown attempts in his last three fights because his last three fights were Usman, Covington, and Tyrone Woodley. So imagine shooting for 50 takedowns and getting none of them. And then in your next fight, you shoot for and one. get it. And that's all you need. Boy, that's crazy that at 41, he's still like... He's, he's still good. Yeah. Still still good. And that's I mean, what happens when your game isn't based on being really athletic. And he hasn't... He hasn't taken like a ton of damage. And I mean, he's gotten beat up a little bit. But like overall in the span of his career, I can't think of a ton of a fights where it's like, oh man, he really got, you know hammered I think he, he does a decent job of that well even in the fights where he's like where he doesn't win like he like the the Woodley fight like where he did get tagged a bit but it, it, there's the hesitation because you don't want to go to the ground with him like right. you're so worried about the takedown you're so worried about like and then even if he doesn't take you down there are these like prolonged grappling exchanges where there's just nothing you can do like if you try to strike, he, you're giving him openings to get to the ground while you're defending. So. Shout out to Damian Maya. 41 years old, still out here. He's going to keep going until uh, he's 50. Yeah. Well, he, he said um he's got, I forgot how many fights he has left on his contract. I know it's like not It's many. like two or three, yeah. Um, yeah, so he said he's going to fight those out and then he'll, you know, he'll, he'll ponder retirement whenever. Whenever those are He's going to go fight in glory. <laughs> K-1 Maya for uh, real. He'll go do quintet or something. <laughs> Maybe he'll do like combat jujitsu and just put everybody to shame by not throwing any strikes. <laughs> that was the day me and Maya, man. Glad, glad he's still out here. No, no, another heartwarming moment. Even though I, I like Lam and Good, but good, good to see Maya get that. One of the genuinely nice people in the sport. So. All right. Always good to see him win. So, shout out to Damian Maya. Uh, next fight, another fight I was really hyped for. Ended up being really bizarre in moments. <laughs> but uh, uh, Charles Oliveira against David Taymor. I was really hyped for this fight. And, like, in the first, like, minute, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be trash. They <laughs> these eye pokes. <laughs> we, we, had, we had two eye pokes within, like, the first minute. Uh, we got a point deduction really quick. Uh, on Taymor's behalf, and I, I thought this was gonna be one of those bizarre fights where like Oliveira would keep getting eye poked and somehow it would end in DQ and I'd get my feelings hurt, um, because the fight just wouldn't get to play out the way I wanted it to see. But uh, after the two eye pokes got out the way, uh, this fight got cracking pretty quick. Um, <laughs> I was really impressed that Oliveira was pretty much winning in like all facets of this fight. I mean, outside of the one time. Where he got, um, I think he had got dropped with a left uh, from Taymor. That he kind of just, uh, it's kind of like reckless, kind of moving him forward and just kind of just got caught with one. But after that, the man was pretty much in control of like all of the fight. Look, Oliver looked pretty good on the feet. Um, lots of kicks going on. He hit, <laughs> after he gets eye poked, he caught Taymor with like a flying, wasn't really a crane kick, but. Some some kind of flying. I don't know the proper name for it, 
but the kick like grazed like Taymor like on his eye, and he his eye was pretty messed up after that. And I, I think the eye pokes just kind of pissed Oliver off. Um, after that, he was just pretty much full blown pressure in your face, constantly throwing kicks, throwing strikes. Um, he had a nice takedown on Taymor. Um, I think Taymor ended up getting back up, but I I really like the takedown and how he ended up uh, getting positioned in. Um, but that that last finishing sequence, um, some of the best striking I've ever seen from Oliveira. Catches Taymor with uh, a very Anderson Silva, Tony Fricklin-esque elbow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just kind of, I don't know where in the arsenal he pulled that out of. But he just kind of just casually throws his elbow, and he just cracks Taymor with it. Um, he gets stumbled, falls back. Oliveira unleashes like an uppercut on him. Just starts going in with just left, right, left, right. And <laughs> the ref looked like he wanted to stop it for a second. Like, he was within like an inch of them. Um, and Oliveira's unloading, and then he ends up letting the fight keep going. He kind of backs away. And uh, Oliveira ends up extend after what it looks like he was going to get a TKO from strikes. He ends up extending extending his submission record even more. Uh, sinks in an anaconda choke, and gets a pretty nice, just really good highlight, real finish, furthering solidifying why he should just never go back to featherweight. Did he? Um, I, I didn't listen. Did he call for a move back down after winning this fight? I don't think he did. Don't think Gross. Um, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I, all I can think of from this fight was like I remember the first, I remember the first couple of times I even watched Oliveira fight, and I remember just seeing this really skinny, bony, young, like twenty-year-old kid who you could see the talent even back then, but he was just like so small, <laughs> like he looked so frail. And it was, like, outside of his submission game, like, I, I don't think people back then really, like, respected his striking. Um, but he's come a long way, man. Like, he's one of those guys who got in this sport, at least got into the UFC really, really young and has managed to stick around. And he's, he's kind of, like, in his grown man body now. Like, he's filled out a little more. Um, striking has gotten a lot better. He He's really on a good stride. Like, I really like what his game has evolved into. Um, he, he sent Taymor back. Yeah. Dude, he's been in the USC for a decade, man. Like, almost a solid 10 years. God. I'm old. I'm like, watching him fight for a decade. <laughs> Hold up. He's really been that His long? first fight in the USC was August first 2010 mind you that was only two years into his career like he had he had fights on his resume but like they were like um and yeah some good names on there uh but good names early in their careers um but you know it's like the brazil thing you you fight one like every couple of weeks until like you like they can stop filling days. Like he fought um twice in the same night in two thousand eight, uh three times in the same night in two thousand <laughs> freaking like his first three fights were on the same night as part of a like a welterweight Grand Prix in um Brazil and he won. 
Oh, Viscardian Drive was part of it. Like, this is just more evidence that one, weight cutting is stupid, or extreme weight cutting is stupid. Two, like, do people need time to mature? Like, we probably would have got this version of Charles Oliveira way quicker if he had not decided to spend like four years trying to murder himself to make the 145 limit and then giving up the week of the fight. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious how far this version of Oliveira goes. I know he has a loss on uh, recently-ish to Paul Felder. But it, it is... It, it's interesting. Like, this is a dude who, who had a competitive-ish fight with Anthony Pettis after draining himself to make 145. And mind you, Pettis was drained as well, but, like... We, we, we also seem to be past the part where he melts under pressure, or uh, under um adversity. Because this is the same dude who, like, tore his esophagus fighting uh, Max Holloway, like, four years ago, and here he is fighting through, like, two or three eye pokes to, to, to get a win. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see Oliveira, because it seems like he fights every couple months now. I saw somebody throw out the mention of him versus Gillespie next. Why not? Gillespie needs a, yeah, I kinda Gillespie like needs some uh, to prove he can hang at the top was it 15? And Oliveira is a top 15-ish lightweight. Which is a compliment because freaking that's that's better than being like a top 10, I don't know, 205-er. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't mind that either. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to also see how far he can go because he, he's really... He's really on a stride right now. He's he's got a lot of good things, a lot of good things going for himself. So, shout out to Bronx out here just wrecking shop. Um, Lord, speaking of wrecking shop, <laughs> moving on down to, to 205, uh, Johnny Walker versus Justin Ledette. Uh Not a lot to dissect. It's a 15 second. Uh, this <laughs> is slacking, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I'm not with. I'm not ready to call Johnny Walker like a G actually good, but he's always going to be fun, and I think that's yeah. just as important nowadays. Especially at 205. A- especially walking <laughs> out to the freaking cage, <laughs> where he gives the poor cut man a lap dance. <laughs> Like yeah, he 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 is a he's a character. Um, yeah, just a lot of dancing, a lot. Of just <laughs> the the man is a character, and then like even before the fight starts, he just casually has his arms against the cage. Like, all right, I'm ready to get this over with. Yeah, and there's something to be said about that level of confidence and that level of like, comfort, uh, just being comfortable. Like that that is a like that can be that can backfire, but that can also be like a very good thing. Especially when you don't have a lot of cage time because you keep knocking guys out in thirty seconds. Yeah, he yeah. This this man is freakishly athletic. Um dude comes out 
Ledette throws like a couple jabs. Johnny Walker throws a leg kick, which then goes into like a spinning heel kick, which then goes into a spinning back fist. <laughs> Just floors Ledette. And then Johnny Walker throws a, a soccer kick, which definitely would have been illegal had it landed, but it, it either didn't land or it might have just, like, skimmed him. But it didn't even, like, hit any major part of his body. Um, so good on the ref, I guess, for, for seeing that in real time. And just catches with that with ground and pound, and then 15 seconds, it's over. And I think that was, like, the... I don't have it in front of me. That was, like, the sixth fastest knockout in, like, light heavyweight history or something Yeah, something like crazy like that. Like, Yeah. Like, this division needs a spark, and... Hopefully, uh, Johnny Walker is the real thing, man. Like, yeah, gotta gotta appreciate guys like this. And I, I think the only question, and it, it'll happen eventually as his competition gets tougher. Um, I mean, we we've seen it before. Like the flashy stuff will only work but so much before you run into a guy who's just like tough for no reason and doesn't really want to yeah, go like, away. Yeah, like, Ian Kutlaba, he probably eats that if we're being real. Because he he is just like he's made of something different. He's just ridiculously sure. tough. Like, so we'll we'll see what happens when he runs into a guy like that. But as for now, I'm thankful for his services at 205. <laughs> we 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 need more people like him in this division. Um, and I hope he keeps rising to the top because just 205 is always in need of fresh new faces. And they have like a nice little crop of fighters going right now. Like, um, they got Antu, uh, was it Antigulov? Um, freaking what's his name? Uh, like, like I said, Kudalaba, who seems to be turning the court. I, I didn't realize Kudalaba was only 25 because I remember seeing him, like, when I first got into MMA, Kudalaba was like, there was like Fedor comparisons, and he was a dude who was getting like disqualified fighting in like Russian underground fighting tournaments. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I didn't realize it was so young, though. Um, they still have, uh, you know, Dominic Reyes, uh, Rakic, who might not be, like, uh, who who looks, like, really good so far. Um, what was that dude's name? Darko Stosic? Stasic? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Spann. Uh, Jimmy Crew, uh, Alonzo Menafold, like these are dudes who they, they look good so far, and that's all. That's all we can really ask. Yeah, two two o five is looking slightly more youthful, <laughs> like a little bit more. We gotta see how some of these guys still pan out, but like they're slowly trickling in. Are some like we haven't seen any of the gaping, gaping holes that we've seen from some of the top guys in this division in recent years. Right. So yeah, that's 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 a good thing. So shout out to Johnny Walker. Um, I hope they match him up again quick. He, he didn't take any. He hits, said he, so. he wanted to fight somebody in the audience last night. Like right. <laughs> He was ready to Dude, go. like, get get him. I say don't even wait till May to get him on that, like, Brazil card. Just get him out there again. Freaking UFC 234 could use some help. <laughs> yeah, that card is, uh, outside of that main and cold main. Boy, that drop-off is, uh, woof. Yikes. <laughs> like, I, I am the one Ronnie Yaya fan. 
because I, 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 you know, I respect BJJ dudes who can make it happen late in their careers. But um, he probably should have been the third fight from the main event on a pay-per-view. Yeah, when you when you look at 234, that was my first thought. Like, ooh, this is a pay-per-view. And, and I like Nadia Kaysen's potential, but she shouldn't be on pay-per-view either. Good Good luck. To the UFC on that card because that is. But, a... but uh, I'm really curious if the um, if the lead-in will help for a pay-per-view bias because you know it's going to help the prelims, and the prelims are not very good to be honest. Uh, was it, it was like, uh, Devonte Smith versus Jung Hyun Ma is going to be like the the uh the main event of the prelims, so to speak. And then you got Shane Young versus Austin Arnett and Kai Kara-Frank versus, uh, was that, Rolian pa- uh, Paiva? Like, they're not very good, point being. But it's going to have a big-ass audience of, like, 2 million people because the lead-in for the, the, the prelims is going to be Duke versus Virginia. So... They they're gonna turn the channel right after that. <laughs> but like a lot of people stick around stick around for like the follow, like the following fights. Like it, it, it's crazy. Like it's gonna have like one point five million people tuning in from the jump. Maybe it builds, maybe it doesn't, whatever. But I think the UFC better hope like Duke wins so that like the fans will be happy and they won't turn the channel yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> they just kind of. Well, my thought process is back when they used to be on Spike the. The, the pay-per-view numbers were just better. It's like the basement was better and everything like that. And how much was that was just people who... Like, the numbers went down almost immediately on um, Fox Sports 1. You know, because nobody watches Fox Sports 1. It was a new channel and everything. My thought process is, if they have a bigger base for their prelims, and you know they're not the primary like focus. Like, does that automatically bring the numbers up? Like, does it? Does having like, because let's be real. If this was a on Fox Sports One, it'd probably get like six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand people watching the prelims. It's gonna get double that. Yeah. So does the number? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I get the logic. Yeah, logically. So it, it, even if it's just like eh, I'm not really doing anything. I, 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 my whole weekend was basically I was gonna watch Duke Virginia. Let me just throw fifty, sixty dollars down. Go watch this fight because I have nothing else to do. Because I, I, I am a forty-five-year-old dad who, you know, I, I, I like I don't. We don't go out on dates anymore. Me and the yeah. wife. We just gotta. We we got we got the DiGiorno in the oven. We just <laughs> we just gonna pop this in. It's either I... this or we're watching like, I don't know, Game of Thrones for the fiftieth time. On yeah. HBO Go, like, <laughs> like, like I, I expect yeah. some type of boost. I'm not sure if it's going to be noticeable to us. Like, I'm not sure this card's going to pop like a four hundred thousand buy rate. But like, Yoel Romero, Robert Whitaker too did like two fifty, which was high for Robert Whitaker off of their first fight. So I'm curious. Does this do like three hundred thousand? Does this do two seventy five? Like, because if so. Like that, that could really help with these people that are trying to turn the draws, like Max Holloway, and like Henry Cejudo and T.J. Dillashaw, because they're actual like stars. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. 
Um, but good luck for that pay per view though. It's, uh, it's not. It's that might, not. That might. That's gonna be a rough podcast, <laughs> dude. Like when the second best fight on the pay per view portion is a car, uh, is a fight where we all know we're probably going to be really sad. Like it's not a good look. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know what happened though. Like this couldn't have been that the car. For Sam Alvey's opening the pay per view. This is the first time. He, this is the first time I think he's ever been on a pay per view. No. Well, you know what. To the UFC's credit, because it's not their fault, because that was supposed to have been Span and Crew. Um, God, Alvy got that replaced. Jesus Christ. I mean, we got a good card after that, though, so I'm not gonna complain too badly. Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta take off of work for that actually. Even though the card will be on by the time I get out of work, but I just want my whole Saturday to be free. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off for uh, for Jones and and company. Oh, that wasn't the Jones card. That's the one in March. Oh, what's what's the next uh, one? After? Oh no no, there's a, there's a fight. Yes, Velasquez and Ngannou. Oh, okay okay okay. Which will feature um the the UFC debut of one, Cron Gracie. Hey. The the true there superstar. <laughs> oh wait, the prelims yeah. and the main card are gonna be on ESPN. Ooh. Good. I mean, I'm I'm i believe me, I'm one hundred percent with you there. Yeah, since, since I'm all about this is why I think the ESPN deal is good. Just it, it's more centralized now. Like you just you know where the fights are. It's no more like oh I got to switch from FS1 to Fox or oh I got to go from you know everything's a nice one little little, little location. And I, I think for a, a casual viewer, it really, for any viewer, it, it just makes the experience a lot easier to follow. Um, but that was a side tangent. I forgot what. Still one more fight on the main All right, card. Right, right. Um, yeah. um, last fight on the main card, Livia Hanato Souza uh, and Sarah Froda. Um, Sarah Froda made up a weight class for this fight. She came, she, she came in uh, like seven pounds. She came weight. in at the she came in at almost the flyweight limit. Right. <laughs> like when when they touch gloves and the fight started, I'm just looking at them like yo Souza's fighting almost like a bantamweight. It she probably like, was by like, fight night. She was probably up around yeah. like one thirty five, one thirty eight. Yeah, she Frodo looked big, um, and so Souza did not. And Souza's already like small, like it. And I normally in most fights don't think weight plays as much as sometimes we think it does. But I feel like in this fight it did, cause the gap just seems so huge and. Not I don't, I don't well I I don't, I don't really know if I can take away from Frodo because I honestly don't know much about her so I haven't I'm I'm only judging based literally on this fight but I don't know if her power is always like this I'd imagine she probably does still hit kind of hard but having that extra weight probably helped because it just seemed like on the feet like they both hit each other with solid shots but when Frodo was connecting. If she was landing flush, it was like, ooh, like it, it looked like it hurt. Like yeah. she backed Souza up a couple of times. Like that that power difference was really apparent on the feet. Um But Souza, uh being resourceful and as well rounded as she is, did the smart thing. Um, you know, if we're exchanging shots and your you know, your hits uh, hurt a, a, a little bit more we're just going to take this to the ground. We're just going to negate all that foolishness. And that's kind of just what she did. Um, 
really impressed that even with like what seemed to be a pretty good uh, gap in, in strength, Souza was just able to nullify that with takedown after takedown. And got to a point where she was getting them pretty effortlessly. Like, it didn't seem like she had to work. Oh, yeah. Hard. Frodo was just like really committing on those punches and it just made for easy work for her, for, uh, for Souza. Yeah, she's yeah. She was getting takedown after takedown. Um, they had some nice, you know, exchanges on the ground, going for submissions, defending submissions, excuse me, so on and so forth. Um, and Souza was just able to withstand the flurries that she did get in, anytime um, they were on the feet. So I think just Souza won this fight, just kind of having a bit more in the arsenal. Um, I mean, I would like to see Froda at weight. <laughs> to see what she looks yeah, like. Not, yeah. <laughs> or that. <laughs> like there there's definitely like some talent there, but you know, coming in seven pounds overweight, not really a good look. Um Yeah. Yeah, just 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 not a good look. But I'm I'm happy that uh Hanada Souza got the win. Uh I've been hyped for her ever since she got signed from Invicta and I'm interested to see how far she can she can go and how she'll progress. Um but solid win for her because she just she just had to overcome a lot in this fight to to get a win. Um, pretty much fighting somebody who looked like they were like two weight classes above her, and she she still got a split decision. Um, so shout outs to Hanada Silva. Yeah, shouts are um, like you said. Like how many other women do we see really shoot the double leg? Like it's her, Tatiana Suarez, Rose Namajunas. Uh, like I'm, um, I'm drawing it. Like I guess Sarah McMahon. It, it, point being, it's not a very long list. So seeing somebody who repeatedly shoots the double, like does it really explosively, and you know likes to add the trip in there is really cool to see. <clears throat> yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of tools. Yeah. Also. Um. But yeah, Froda, don't, don't, don't do that again. <laughs> don't be out here coming in. Seven pounds overweight. Not not a good look. Um, side note: I didn't know that. Apparently, outside of the octagon, Souza is a rapper, and they said like Frodo was in a punk band. Um, so that was a thing. Random yep. side note. But <laughs> hey, I, I want to <laughs> know what Livia Hanna Souza raps about. I'd be interested too, because she could talk about like beating you up on a song, and it's real. Mm. Um, Frodo definitely looked like she was in a punk band because she had like eighty thousand tattoos. I Them see. face tats, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see her in a punk band. Um, but that rounded out the main card. I think it would be nice. Who's a gangster rapper? That makes sense. That's I guess that's where the nickname comes from. Um, see if she's on SoundCloud. <laughs> Wonder what her rap name is. <laughs> but. That rounds out the main card. Um, it was an awesome main card, man. Um, just lots of good performances, lots of great finishes, and just ending with the way the main and the co-main event did just made everything all all the better. And once again, I'll give. Uh, we didn't even mention this earlier, but like, thank God that this card started at like a reasonable time. Like, we got the main card at eight p.m. and the fights were over 10:30. by like ten thirty. And that just felt amazing. And I just feel like the ESPN cards are paced so much better. Like, they don't they don't feel so long. Um, 
time. That that could be could be just because they start them at an earlier time. I'm not sure, but either way, I'm just I'm thankful that these cars start at a reasonable time. We get out at a reasonable time. Like the car was over at 10:30, and I had no idea what to do with my life. My um, my one complaint is I saw that fucking commercial for whatever Bucks game it was coming up that played the Greek, uh, the freaks come out at night. Because <laughs> I didn't catch the prelims um, until uh, this morning because I, I went out to see my family and the, 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 the Texas Roadhouse or wherever that we went to go eat at doesn't have internet access, which is... No, those rolls. Yeah, those rolls, man. They were really good. But um, <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't have internet access, so like my stream was like just dying. And I was just like, you know what? Forget it. I'll just wait till I get home. Um... So I, I, I when I go to watch the thing, I'm like skipping through the commercials because because I have a lot of complaints about the ESPN uh, player. Like one, like you do you drag it across the thing, it doesn't show you like it, it's supposed to show you what's on the screen at that second, but it just freezes on whatever was initially at the pause. Yeah, so you gotta kind of yeah, and hope you didn't. Yeah, it doesn't have any markers or anything like that. So I would just fast forward, and that freaking commercial would come on. And then, okay, I'd fast forward again, and it'd be the same commercial. Just ten minutes later. (laughs) like, you're going to see this commercial. He's like, you're going to watch freaking Giannis play, and you're going to like it. Oh, man. I didn't even know who they were playing. It was just funny. I felt like I kept seeing the uh that 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 one commercial. What day is it? What day is it? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. I, hate, I got coworkers who torture me with that because my name is Mike, so I hear that every day. I hear it on days that aren't Wednesday. <laughs> but that's another random side tangent. But uh, no, main main card was awesome, man. Um, if you have ESPN Plus. Uh, they post the fights up, so go back and watch it. It was awesome, well worth it. And if you watch it, uh, not on the live broadcast, it's just like doing it fight by fight by fight. You'll get through the car pretty fast because a lot of the finishes happen yeah. pretty quick. Um, so that's that's always a plus. So that was the main card. Moving on down to the ESPN Plus prelims. Uh, some of these fights I will remember in detail. Some of them I will not. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> but um, first fight. Uh, headlining the ESPN Plus prelims, uh, Marcus Perez versus Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. Uh, I'll, I'll say first for this fight, this fight is the reason you all, all you guys should watch LFA, even though I've been slipping on my LFA for like the last couple months. But they send fun talent to UFC, and these two gentlemen are both examples of that. Um, yeah, man, this this is a fun, just a nice, fun middleweight. Shout-outs to middleweight, you know. Two guys who aren't tough dads, like they're, they're the young guys. Not sure how old Perez is, but I'm I'm just gonna judge by looks that they aren't tough dads. No, yeah, well, you can be a tough dad and be young. Anthony Her- Anthony Hernandez looks like he has kids, man. <laughs> is it just me or does he look like a smaller cane? I feel like we say that about everybody. <laughs> yeah, like if Kane if, if dropped like another like fifty pounds, he would he would look like Hernandez, <laughs> but. Now, this is a nice, fun back-and-forth fight. Um, Hernandez caught uh, Perez with a nice flurry in the beginning. 
Um, Perez rebounded. I don't remember this fight in a ton of like specific detail, um, but I just remember it being pretty fun uh, back and forth up until uh, Perez caught Hernandez with a nice uh, body kick. And it only kind of like grazed him, but he caught him like right on the mark with it still. Um, backed him up, got him against the cage, and ends with an anaconda choke. That was pretty awesome. Um, was Hernandez sleep? I can't remember if he tapped or if he uh, came up. I, I think remember. he tapped. Don't quote me on that. Because he, he had it in pretty deep. Um, but no, this was a really just fun back and forth fight. Um, I know a lot of people were rooting for uh, Hernandez. Uh, I, know, I know he has a pretty pretty solid fan base. But uh, Perez pulled it out. Um, but overall, I just think this fight is fun for middleweight. Always good to see younger guys, you know, coming up on the circuit who aren't, you know, and upwards of 35 to 40 years old <laughs> we're still good fighters so um yeah Mar marcus perez wins uh via anaconda choke in the second round but i ho hope to see fluffy back like i said I, I know he has a lot of hype around him um tough tough loss and this was his debut i believe um like he, he had he still had a decent performance but you know body kicks they're dangerous so what, what, what can you do right <clears throat> Um, so I didn't see this next fight. Like, I did, but, like, I didn't bother to go back and watch it. And so I, and I, I just remember the first rounds being, like, really clinch-heavy. And then Santos woke up in the third round. Yeah. Next fight. <laughs> Mara Morero, Mara Romero Barella versus Leah Santos. Um, to be honest, that was pretty much what the fight was. Like, the first two rounds was a lot of Barella just negating Santos's striking with just pushing her against the cage, not really doing anything super, like, significant, but just kind of controlling the fight so Santos couldn't really get anything off. And then in the third round, like, Santos was better at, like, keeping distance, kind of moving around more. She was sticking and moving. She was landing some pretty good strikes, but just couldn't, really get the finish and she actually did a good job of shrugging off some of Barella's takedowns but kind of didn't matter it was kind of one of those too little too late <laughs> um moments if you will R random side note I thought was funny like uh Santos's like fight profile picture for that card she just looks like one of those moms that looks at her son like boy you better not touch that remote like she just had this look on her face like she is tired and she's not with it today um, I thought that was funny, um, <laughs> but <laughs> like, just a random thing I just kind of noticed. There's, there's, you go back and look at the the look in her fight profile, but like just the way her face looked, she just has like this. It's not a smug look. I don't want to say smug, but you know the mom yeah. look when you're like about to do something you shouldn't do, and your mom looks at you like, "Don't, don't you do yeah. that?" Yeah, like, yeah. She she had that look on her face, but um. No, nah, but Barella just pretty much negated most of Santos's game until the third round, but Santos couldn't really close the deal, so kind of too little, too late, and uh, Barella ended up taking a split decision. Um, yeah. Next fight. Oh, yeah. Before before we move on, can we just talk about uh, Barella real quick? From um, and the fact that she's suspended from competing in, in the country of Italy, her home country, for like twenty six years. Because she was convicted, she was convicted of selling cocaine. Twenty six years. Yeah. Jesus. So apparently, she's 
like her competing is illegal or something. Like I, I don't know like if there's been any ramifications for her fighting in the UFC. But yeah, she was arrested in um what year was it? It was like twenty twelve. Uh, for the distribution and selling of cocaine alongside like her boyfriend. Oh, she's out here moving weight. <laughs> but uh, according to oh here it is, it was reported in October nineteen uh, October nineteenth two thousand eighteen that Burrell was free to compete in the UFC as the USADA UFC anti doping program does not consider Burrell's criminal activity a violation as is unrelated to performance enhancement. So. So you can sell crap. Oh yeah, you can you can move all the white you want. Hey man, get the trap house popping. Just don't uh, just don't sniff any of it, and don't take steroids on the sides, and it's it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so they just casually overlook her. Just maybe maybe it was a small amount. I don't, I don't know. That's that's still crazy though. I would love to hear Dana like explain that. Probably. I mean, you could be the well, criminal, or like you don't. It, for whatever reason, Osada does not count cocaine as a performance-enhancing drug, even though we all know it is. You you ever try to fight a fucking cokehead? <laughs> like you know. Uh, the John Jones joke in there somewhere. <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh boy, but Barella, um, she she got the win. That flyweight too. Forgot to mention it's a flyweight fight. Um, moving on to a, a very violent happening. Uh, Tiago Alves and Max Griffin. Um, I mean, I, I expected this fight to be violent. Um, I just didn't think for some reason that it would go all three. Like I thought Max would find a way to get him out of there. But uh, yeah. Um, these two had a nice violent back and forth. Uh, Max did put that work in in the first round. Um, <laughs> he, he, he gave, he Tiago the blues in the first round. There were just a lot of hands and feet and knees, uh, being thrown. Uh, he rocked Alves like right at the end of the round, but, um, not enough time to go in for the finish. But to Alves' credit in the second round, man, he came back really strong, um, he comes back. He's winging punches. He caught Max a couple of good times and backed him up. He was landing some really nice body kicks, nice leg kicks. Um, I was impressed that for like a guy his age, and he's another guy who's been fighting for a really long time and just kind of has a lot of mileage on him, um, that he was like able to just keep up this pace uh, that this fight was at and matched it and had Max hurt at uh, more than one moment. Um, so he came back really strong in the second third round max was like all right you hurt me too many times enough of that we're doing grappling now <laughs> so he kind of like tried to negate alvez's striking game um alvez got off a couple of shots but uh max controlled a lot of that round but judges thought differently um and alvez got a split decision. judges thought wrong <laughs> like, which round do you, what's the second round you give alvez yeah, I uh, yeah, and the only argument that I saw that, like I get, but I still don't even really agree with that. I think somebody tried to make for giving Alves the third round was that um, 
like Max controlled the round, but Alves did more of like the damaging strike. That was only like in the first thirty seconds of the round. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I would have agreed if maybe Max was like throwing strikes from the bottom and was like going for submission attempts. But like he literally only had a few moments like early in that round and most of it was him either defending a takedown or just being taken down. Like it it, it yeah, like, I, it was weird. I, I felt confident that Max was going to get that decision. I didn't think it was a question, but, you know, uh, judge is going to judge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, just shouts to Max Griffin for putting out an overall good performance. And shouts to Alves, who battled back from, he almost got knocked out at the end of the first round. Um, he, he 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 didn't get hurt so much. He got thrown to the ground by a Max Griffin flurry. But the way that round was going, he, he, there's a good chance he probably would have been stopped had that round been 30 seconds longer. Yeah. And he bowed back in the second, hurt Griffin a bunch of times, forced him to go to his wrestling in the third. So yeah, that that was a really fun fight. So if you guys uh, go back on, uh, that was the ESPN. Uh, uh, oh, it's all on ESPN Plus. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> go, go, go back and watch that fight. Um, yeah, that, that was that was a nice that was a nice scrap. Um, moving on to the heavyweights. Uh. Lord, I'm about to mess this name up. Jarzino Rosenstruck against uh, Junior Albini, the Diaper Man. Uh, junior, I posted this on Twitter. Junior Albini's head to body ratio is wild. Like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It really don't. Like, it doesn't. Like, if if somebody sent you a picture of Albini and it was, like, just, like, his face, you would probably think, like, oh, he probably is, like, um, you know, young guy, maybe between, like, 185, 190 pounds. And then you see the full body shot, and it's like, what happened? Like, who, where, you got a head transplant. Like, this couldn't have been your original head. Because it just does not match with what the rest of your body has going on. Um, <laughs> but that aside, um, it was kind of wild how fast the tides turned in this fight. Like, the first round, uh, and Jarzino's background was like, dude has like 80 kickboxing fights. And in the first round, he wasn't really able to get anything going, like... Albini caught him with a nice overhand right, pushing him backwards, taking him down, beating him up, going for submissions, kind of having his way with him in the first round. And then, I don't know, I guess in the second round, uh, uh, Jar- Jarzino realized, like, oh, this is my debut. I probably should fight back because um, I want them to keep calling my phone because I need to get paid. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> out of nowhere, I- and I don't remember what happened in prior to the round leading up to the point, but, like, out of nowhere, uh, Jarzino catches him, I think it was, like, an uppercut to a left, to a right, to a head kick, and the head kick was vicious because, like, the I think the right, what, the right or the left, like, dropped Albini, and the head kick caught him, like, flush on the way down, um, and he just ended Albini's life and like, a split, like, the, the fight changed so fast, um, so he catches Albini with just like a deadly combination, and it's over that quick. Um, so insert new challenger, uh, Jarzino Rosenstruck at heavyweight. 
Yeah, um, nice uppercut, left hook, uh, head kick combination to get the finish there. Uh, so I, I feel like it's time to like, you know, I, I don't want to intrude on all these uh, these coaches or whatever who are training heavyweights, but I think it's time we we come to the realization that heavyweight that once you hit the ground and you're on top. You've already won, yeah. right? Like you're a 265 pound man, and you're on top of your opponent. You don't need all this extra fancy crap. You don't need to pass guard. Maybe like get into like half guard or something. But you 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 don't need to go to mount. You don't need to like you know. Point B: Just flatten the guy out, and then do some Brock Lesnar elbows. Like six inches off the off from the head, bam, 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 bam. Because odds are they're probably not gonna be able to get up. <laughs> like when you try to pass, you are just giving an opportunity for the man below you to get up. Just accept that you don't need to do any of the fancy like when you take a man like and when you take a man's back, try to flatten them out. Like like from the top, not from the bottom, because there was a point in the in the first round where Albini was had um Rosenstruck's back. And like he, he he was obviously going for like a rear naked choke or something. So he drops back to um to get it locked in. And Rosenstruck just explodes out. And had he been more confident on the ground, he probably would have grounded him out right there. Because Albini can't fight off his back. Like, I, I think it's time we, we come to the realization that jiu-jitsu at heavyweight doesn't work the way we jiu-jitsu at all the other divisions work. <laughs> Just keep it simple. Especially, like, at this lower level of heavyweight. Like, it's not like neither of these guys are, like, a specialist. Right. You know, so it's not like a redoom moment where you got to possibly worry about something crazy happening. But, yeah. Um... That was funny when Rosenstruck like did that power get up. I was like, "Oh, he had the Derek Lewis moment." <laughs> just kind of like, "All right, I'm getting up. I'm tired of this." <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, at heavyweight, you got that brute strength. You can just kind of do stuff like that as long as you you got the gas tank for it. But um, yeah, man. Shout shout out to uh, to Jarzino Rosenstruck. That was a really nice, deadly combination he landed. Um, that sucks for Albini, man. You. We said it a number of times. You're winning until you're not winning anymore. That's especially true of heavyweight. Yeah, just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, next fight, uh, featherweight Geraldo De Freitas versus Felipe Calares. I think this was a debut for both fighters. Before we hop into this, can I just say I don't like debut fighter versus debut fighter. I know these two dudes were on like short notice because. But I don't like the I don't like that matchup because it's just like we have nothing to like gauge against. Like if if for like uh, if they had fought somebody like Alex Caceres, we would know like where they are where they're at. You know what I mean? Like these, right. these are just two right. dudes fighting. But with that being said, it was a fun fight. Yeah. Um, I also don't remember this in ton of detail. My lasting memory of this fight. Is Michael Bisping being so mad at Geraldo <laughs> because 
he would like he would tee off on Felipe on the feet and like hurt him or maybe stun him a little bit, and then he'd just go for a takedown. I like to point out that like a week ago, we were all upset that um, one Aaron Pico did not shoot for a takedown after he hurt Henry Corrales. So, you know, we had we had, we got to pick a side, man. It's it's fifty fifty something. Yeah, it depends. But my lasting memory of this fight was Felipe Corrales getting DeFreitas up for the um uh for for a takedown. Corrales uh DeFreitas just wrapping his hip, hands around uh, Corrales' waist and then proceeding to just kind of fall. <laughs> like it was supposed to be a slick, but he just kind of fell off of his back. <laughs> This is, this is what happens when debut guys fight debut guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish I could remember the fight in more detail. Like I remember it being a fun fight, but I just don't remember it. And it, it's not one of the fights that stuck in the front of my mind, other than Biz being yelling about the takedown every five minutes <laughs> when the Freitas would go for one. Um, but, I mean, good on, good on Geraldo. Get your UFC debut. Uh, win at featherweight. Um, good luck progressing at featherweight. It don't it don't get no easier from here, <laughs> but um, solid, solid performance nonetheless. Uh, next fight, uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov uh, versus Ricardo Hamos at bantamweight. Um, lots of nice stuff from Saeed, man. Um, lots of just so many kicks, just spinning kicks, leg kicks. The man man's just kicking everywhere. Um, and he landed, he landed, a, I think, one spinning back kick before the one that put Hamos down. Um, I don't remember if it landed all the way, but he, he caught him at least partially with it and, like, kind of backed him up. Um, the last one he landed, man, really nice spinning back kick. Immediately hurts Hamos and just kind of pounces him. Um, and, yeah, he gets a win at Bantamweight. Nice finish. What's the UFC record? Hamos. Yeah, no, uh, so he's 2-0 uh, now. Yeah, his first fight was against Justin Scoggins. Um, no, this is a really good win for Saeed. Like, Ram- Ramos is like, what, he's 3-0 in the UFC, I think? 4-0? 3-0. Um, like, he's a really solid bantamweight. Uh, this Saeed moving up after fighting Justin Scoggins at 125. I th- which I think he missed weight. I think he came out at 127 or something. Um, but yeah, no, if you're making your debut at Bantamweight, this is as impressive as it gets, like spinning back kick KO on a, on a dude who's had success in the division so far. So I really liked his aggression. Big, you know, I, uh, with a lot of the people you see throwing spinning back kicks and stuff, they're, they're either people who will like beat you in the middle or they'll fight off the back foot. So he's like, fuck that. I'm just walk forward. Beat the crap out of you and throw spinning crap. So, <laughs> yeah, most of that fight, like, Hamos couldn't even really get. Like, yeah, no, ri- yeah, like, no type of rhythm because it was like he was just going straight after him. Yeah, so, yeah, great, great win, great performance from Saeed. And random quick note they mentioned during the broadcast that he's not actually related to Habib. They're like fake cousins. Um, so, just that random side yeah. <laughs> this is his sixth first round finish, if, if I remember correctly. 
Yeah, so. Yeah. We'll see. That Bantamweight is also kind of one of those divisions where there, there are a lot of good fighters even outside of the top 15. So he's he'll, he'll, he'll have more competition thrown his way. But, yeah, so so far so good for him. Great, great spinning back kick, kick, uh, uh, finish. And the last fight, which I tried to rewatch, and then my stream messed up. <laughs> so now I'm looking at this result kind of funny because I didn't see the last round. So I'm wondering what happened. But uh, Rogerio uh, Bontarin versus Magomed Biblatov. This was, I guess, supposed to be at flyweight, but it was a catchweight fight at 127 pounds. Yes, Biblatov came in overweight. Uh, see, in my version of the fight, it's only saw the first two rounds. Uh, uh, but Blue Top looked pretty good. Like, I saw a couple <clears throat> flying knees going on. Um, I was like half watching this fight, so pardon my memory. But I saw a lot of flying knees going on, not a lot of good scrambles, a lot of good striking from him. Um, it, it was a good back and forth fight from what I remember, but I, I thought Magomed was kind of pressing more of the fight and landing more of the like more impressive strikes. Um, but I have no idea what happened in that third round. So when I saw the result, <laughs> that Rosario won a split decision, I was kind of confused. But I didn't see the third round, so I can't, I, I guess I can't really judge um, what happened. But I, I will say, regardless of even how the third fight went, um, even though this is that catch weight, you know, keep 125, man. These guys are out here putting on um, really good fights. Um, I have I only half watched this fight because I was actually streaming Resident Evil 2 while this was on, but everybody on my Twitter timeline that I saw looked like they were having a good time with this fight, and all pretty much <clears> singing <throat> the same praises like let's don't throw away the flyweight. Yeah. Just 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 let, let let them stay around. They're 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 putting on good fights. The division is getting better. Um. And yeah, just just we we've seen worse. <laughs> like <laughs> the visions to be cut. This is not the first one that would pop into my mind. But um, yeah, long long live flyweight. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say. Oh, did you get the the mod for uh, Resident Evil Two where every time Mister X appears, DMX X gonna give it to you if it comes up? Didn't know. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I wanted to watch that video, but I'm not. I've only played the game twice because I pretty much only stream it on Sundays. Um, and I don't really play it during the week because I'm normally stuck on Smash Brothers or, or I'm playing Tech Mobile a lot. But, um, yeah, I haven't even got to the part where Mr. X pops up. <laughs> at, uh, I, and I'm, I'm, th this is another random side tangent. Um, but if you guys want to see me stream Resident Evil 2, I have two streams up on my Twitch. Uh, uh, Twitch at Serial Sensei. Uh, same as all my other social media handles. Um, but just quick, like Resident Evil. Oh, I didn't mention uh, Rosario won uh, via split yeah, decision before I go on the tangent. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, my my history with Resident Evil Two. Um, as a kid, I was terrified of that game, like legit scared. Like I used to have repeated nightmares about Mr. X. Um, so like my fear of this game is real. So I, I figured I'm gonna play this and stream it as a way to get over my childhood trauma. Um, so I'm at the part where, um. You finally, like, meet back up with Claire. Um, she's, like, outside on the other side of the fence. A helicopter crashes. Fire alarm goes off. Zombies are on fire. And now, like, that whole wing of the building is just, like, overrun with zombies. And I have to find... I can't switch the fire thing on because there's, like, a piece to the lever missing. So I can't, like, get the sprinkler on or whatever I need to do on that side of the building. But 
when Mr. X comes, I'm just, I'm ready to cry. Like, I feel it. Like, I know. And I'm mad because I saw the video. I don't know if it was from the beginning. But I've seen the part where, like, he comes in it. And I'm just terrified that I'm going to turn a hallway and he's just going to be there. And I'm just going <laughs> to cry. <And I'm> just, <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll watch the X going to give it to you when I actually get to that part. Because I just, I don't want to spoil it for myself. But, God, it, it's a good game, though. Like, if you're a Resident Evil 2 fan... The game is legit creepy. Um, graphics are... It, it's, it's a really great looking game. It's very eerie. All the floors creak. It, the game makes too much noise. Like, it's... They always make it seem like something's around the corner even when nothing's there. Like, you just hear these random creaks in the floor. And random zombie moans out of nowhere. But, yeah, Mr. X is gonna make me cry. Um, and DMX is not gonna make this any easy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait because I, I really do want to watch that video because I feel like that is the perfect mashup. But I want to wait until I actually see him in the game before I do it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, just on the bunter in Bibulatov tip. Uh, uh, Bibulatov was actually the aggressor for the most of the fight. It's just that bunter in did a great job of reversing every time uh, he tried to get to the ground. So in the first round, Bibulatov hit a, t- uh, a trip takedown like in the opening minute of the fight. Almost immediately, Bunsarin hit uh, counters with an omoplata that gets him back to the feet. So Bunsarin then throws a kick um, to the, the gut of uh, Bibulatov that Bibulatov catches and trips the other leg for a takedown. But Bunsarin uses the momentum to swing around and get him out. And from there, is able to get to um, Bibulatov's back where he stays for like a couple minutes. Um, throwing ground and pound to the well, throwing a bunch of punches to the rib cage, uh, attempting a really few, uh, a few pretty close rear naked choke attempts. Bibulov um, was able to break and get to guard, and eventually was able to get back on the feet. Um, neither um, neither guy was particularly really good defensively on the feet, so like if you threw first, there was a good chance you were going to land. Um, as he, he was starting to have success with the body shots as the round closed, but in the second, it was all Bibulatov, um came forward, was really just dictating the pace of the fight. Uh, Bunsarin was having success with like the overhand lefts he was throwing, but for the most part, it was Bibulatov's kicks that uh, won the round for him. Um, and then the third round was um, closer, but Bunsarin, um was starting to land like some shots on the feet. Bibulatov shot, and uh, Bonsardin managed to wizard so hard that he took bon- uh, Bibulatov's back and closed the round with a rear naked choke attempt that won him the fight. Hmm. All right, so I have to go. Uh, I have to go back and uh, go see what I missed in the third. <laughs> see why I thought I was bamboozled. Um. But no, it, it looked like a really, really fun fight. So that was uh, pretty much the whole card. So that was UFC on ESPN Plus 2, Marais versus Hassan Sao 2. Um, awesome card, top to bottom. Paced really well. Lots of good performances, great finishes. Um, you know, everybody. I think everybody showed up. Like, every, everybody pretty... There weren't many moments on this card that were, like, stale or boring. Like, there was pr- pretty much always something going on in all of these fights. And then 
like I said, the main card just went by so fast. Um, and if you guys are watching it the day after, it'll go by even faster because fast forward through commercials. So it's what the the first fight went 15 minutes, and every fight after that was a finish. So um, yeah, really a really awesome card. Brazil showed out. It was great, and Jose Aldo won. So I don't know what else you want. Um, I was like the just the best moment of the card. And I saw real quick uh, worth to mention before we close out. Um, I guess Connor had said something on Twitter last night about wanting to fight in Brazil, and Aldo is open to that fight at lightweight, um, but he is also being called out by Volkanovski and Ortega. So, uh, lots of options. <laughs> lots of fun options for, for Aldo. Um, so, we're actually on pretty good time. Um, for the second week in a row, we're under three hours. I think that's our, I think <laughs> so, that's our pretty good time. <laughs> that's, the, that's the new standard. I think two hours is a solid. We're, we're at like two hours right now. I think that's a solid, a solid podcast time. Um, but I guess real quick, just to fast forward, uh, next week we got UFC 234, Whitaker versus Gastelum. Um, I got to do my write up for the good folks at Technical Foul because I'm not gonna lie, I kind of forgot the pay per view was <laughs> even coming so quick. Um. I got, I got to get to writing that right up. Um, and luckily, I only write about the main event, co-main event, because the uh, rest of this card, boy. Uh, well, Kai Carr Francis on it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. He was fun the last night. Nando Venada's on it. There we go. There, there, there are some fights, but... It, on the whole, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, for a pay-per-view quality, you're kind of looking at it. It's like, uh, Yeah. But um, I guess real quick, since we're on, on decent time... Just real, real quick predictions. Uh, Whit- Whitaker, Gaston. Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going the other way. I got Gastelum. I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say Gastelum. Say TKO. Yeah, I gotta give Whitaker credit because he's like the toughest guy on earth. I'm gonna say TKO third round. Watch Whitaker blast him in like 15 seconds. I'm up here looking stupid. Has uh, <laughs> yeah. Gaston uh, ever been stopped? Hmm. Let's uh, let us click on the record. I know he's lost the city. He, he lost to Woodley. He he he, 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 well, he got he submitted. Submit. He, yeah, he's, he's been submitted. Yeah, but he's never been like yeah, he's never been knocked out or like KO'd by strikes. Yeah, so that so I, I think he'll be there to hit for Whitaker. Um, I, I think he'll have a, I think Gaston will have a really tough time just closing the distance like he did on Jacare. Um, I think he'll be there to be taken down, to be honest, because he, like, he'll, he, I think he'll be lunging a lot to try to get at Whitaker because Whitaker's so fleet of foot and just won't stay in front of him. And will be coming in from, like, really far out. Um, so I, I'm foreseeing, um, a decision win. For uh, for for Whitaker, I, 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 I but there's always a shot, chance that Gaslam catches him. But even then, like it's hard, yeah. like unless the Yoel Romero fight took everything out of him, like it, it's hard for me to pick against him, knowing that he could take the best that Yoel Romero threw at him. Yeah, he he. <laughs> if there was one Iron Man in this sport, it is Robert Whitaker. The dude is just like. 
the amount of punishment that he can take is like unreal and then not even just punishment he can take like he recovers like nothing ever happened like the next round he'll look like it's a brand new fight and it's it's wild to watch i guess i'm betting on the fact that gastelum at some point will have a window to get a finish um i think he'll just be able to connect on one of these little fast twitch combinations and catch him um I guess logically this doesn't make sense because if Romero couldn't finish you, I don't know why I think Castle can. So, so I know I might have some flaws in my argument, but I, I guess I'm just bad at betting on the fact like if, if Gaslam almost put away Wadman, who probably had him by like 20 pounds, I'm like, I think he can put Whitaker away. I think he can. It's, it's going to be hard. He's going to have to work for it because Whitaker just doesn't die. The man wins fights with one arm, one leg, one eye, one everything, and he still wins. But I'm just gonna get bet that Gaslam can capitalize on a on a small window. Um, and the co-main event, I don't want to talk about it. But we'll, we'll quick, quick quick thoughts. Uh, Ad, Ad, Israel Adesanya uh, versus Anderson. Uh, Adesanya picks Silva apart for five uh, for three rounds to a dominant but not like astonishing uh, decision win. <laughs> I, I I keep trying to like force myself to like find a scenario that Anderson wins and I just can't <laughs> I, 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 like part of me wants to say like you know Anderson will always have a chance because I'm pretty sure there's a 100% chance that this fight just stays on the feet. And no, Israel Sanya, he's not going to be shooting for takedowns against Anderson. So I'm like, maybe Anderson has one more. Anderson's problem in his older age, it's not like he's still, he's still a good fighter, but he he's clearly lost a step. Like he's not, his, his reaction time, we've said this a lot about fighters, like his reaction time is not what it used to be. He's not as quick on the feet and he's fighting a guy who kind of does what he does in his own you know special right but i just want to like maybe anderson has one more trick up the sleeve he can catch out of sanya with maybe he's a little more you know a little stronger maybe hits a little harder but you know what you know what i'm gonna say anderson will have a moment in this fight where we think he's gonna win he'll catch out of sanya with something at least like one good shot and maybe he'll like stun him for a second, but Adesanya will probably ultimately win this fight. Um, yeah, um, he might, he could get a stoppage to be honest. But for the sake of me feeling better about this fight, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll say Ad Anderson Silva has a good moment. He catches Adesanya with something, but Adesanya eventually uh, wins a decision, um, in which he does what Adesanya does. But I hope Anderson wins. But it's MMA. I don't get what I want. So I, I know how that goes. But that'll be UFC 234. So that'll be uh, coming next week. And I'll be doing write up for the folks at Technical File Podcast for that. So be on the lookout. I'll try to have that done. Uh, probably work on that this weekend and have it out by the middle of the week. But anywho, that was uh, it for the podcast. So as always, we'll end with parting shots and shout outs. So. I uh, don't have any shots 
but two shout outs uh, shout outs to the San Antonio Spurs Coyote mascot who just randomly uh, caught a bat in the middle of the game um, it was early in the game the score was only like six to like two <laughs> like a bat flies into the arena um, I think LaMarcus Aldridge tried to throw a ball at it I think Rudy Gay just ran like he just got <laughs> Rudy Gay just dipped out um, the mascot comes out of nowhere like a superhero with his net. He takes the first swing at the bat and misses, and then he uh, gets up, takes another swipe, he catches it. So, good, good on the mascot. Shout-outs to you, sir. Good, good animal control. And, uh, shout-outs to Usain Bolt, who, uh, casually just probably got off his couch, uh, wearing, like, some boots and, uh, some, like, Nike warm-up pants. And just proceeds to run a 4-2-40 like it's nothing. Um, and probably could have ran faster had he just been wearing, like, the proper gear. Like, it looked like he just kind of woke up and grabbed the first pair of the clothes he saw. And was like, alright, let's do this. Um, so Usain Bolt at, I believe, 32? I forgot how old he is. Um, some, somewhere in his 30s. Runs a 40 and ties the NFL record for the fastest 40 time. While wearing just casual clothes like it's just something you just do every day. Like it's normal. Um, so shout out to Usain Bolt for just being a freakish athlete. And uh, that was that was quite a physical feat to watch. Um, but that's all I got for a parting shot. So shout out. Uh, shots at the Knicks. <laughs> If y'all, there's no way nobody knows. So just shots at the Knicks. And this isn't really a shout out, so much as it is, um, just like, like, thank you for having like common sense. Uh, that's Pam Northam, Pam Northam, the wife of the governor of Virginia. Oh boy! So for those who don't know, the guard of Virginia, they found his medical yearbook from like 35 years ago, and it has on his page it has a photo of a man in blackface and a Ku Klux Klan clad member. Um, and he held a pest he held a press conference the other day, or it might have been yesterday. I don't even know to 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 talk about the yearbook and to deny that it was him. Um. <clears throat> But he had also admitted to, you know, actually doing blackface to, to dress up as Michael Jackson when you're at a Halloween party. Jesus. And to prove this, he was going to moonwalk at this press conference <laughs> until his wife told him it would probably be inappropriate to do so. So... I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if that's like, I, I don't know if that's worth shouting out. I don't know if that's worth a shot. <laughs> I feel like it's worth talking one. about. <laughs> oh, Imagine man. having to tell your SO, your, your significant other, at their press conference where, like, the, the, like, you're trying to prove you're not a racist and that you actually care about the plight of a whole ra uh, like group of people who helped elect you. And 
your your first instinct is to fucking moonwalk. <laughs> Boy, she she saved him from just you know how many memes <laughs> and just. Boy, you better buy her everything she wants for, like, the rest of her life. I mean, I don't know. He, he might still be forced to step down. I don't know how that's all going to play out. But she she saved it from being a lot worse than what it probably could have been. He needs to marry her again. Yeah. Just redo the wedding and just make it, like, two times as big. Um, yeah, man. Like, like God. That... Not, not to go down another rant but like i'm just past the point in 2009 really really i've been past this point if you have to ask why like blackface is offensive don't talk to me like <laughs> like i'm not explaining this anymore they're way too it's we're in the information age if you don't know why this is offensive i i, I don't know what to say to you please like, don't ask me about it don't <clears throat> it's just no it's just one of those things that you just don't you just don't do. Just don't do it. And if you need an explanation, do your Googles, do your history. I'm not telling you. It's way too much information out here now for you to not know. At this point, if you're doing it, yeah. like, it was never a good thing anyway. But, like, I just feel like people act like they're surprised that people are offended. Like, stop. Just, just stop. Right. Um... Oh, also, Javante Davis is fighting next week, too, for, for anybody who's, you know, looking for some boxing for next weekend. There you go. Actually, you know, yeah, well, people in my area, because I'm in Maryland, and he's he's from here. Yeah, he's fighting in California. Hmm. Right? Who's he fighting? Uh, Hugo Ruiz. Erickson Lubin's going to be on that car for the first time, I think, since, like, Heard sent him to the Shadow Realm. Uh, no, he's he's fought once since uh, Charlo. My bad, Charlo sent him to the shout world, but he's fought once since then. And um, Ava Knight, who I thought retired, but apparently hasn't yet. Uh, she'll be on that card. So yeah, Mayweather promotions. So. Uh, Boxing happening. Yes. Oh, you know what? I do have a shot. I gotta throw a shot at Joey. Joey, I saw you trying to disparage. All those accomplishments. I saw that backhanded compliment you posted on Twitter. I saw you. I didn't say anything, but I saw it. <laughs> I decided to scroll and ignore it. How you casually mentioned that Max Holloway walked through Aldo and that Connor. T- why, why can't Aldo just win and we just celebrate the win? Why, why we got to bring up old stuff? Why, why, why we got to do that? So shout out, Joey. I, I saw you. I just didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> got got my eye on you guys, you all those haters out there trying to trying trying to discredit the man's accomplishments. Let let him live. Let let him live. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's uh pretty much it for this week's podcast. Um, and on a real quick note, um, I haven't reviewed any new albums. Uh, I do the sounds like fun podcast also. Um, I haven't forgotten about it. I just kind of been chilling to be honest because. <laughs> Last year, just 80,000 albums came out. Um, but I've listened to a couple of new joints this year that um, I'll try to get a review out, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks. So that, that'll that be coming. And um, like I said, if you guys want to see me game, I'm trying to get consistently 
somewhat consistently better at streaming um, but I normally only do it on weekends because I'm always working on stuff during the week um, so Sundays are normally my streaming day but obviously well, by the time you guys hear this Super Bowl will be over but I didn't want to stream this Sunday because I figured people won't they'll, they'll be out watching the Super Bowl somewhere eating food so um, but been streaming Resident Evil and I'm thinking of trying to get this set up so I can start streaming from my switch because I play that a lot um, Smash Brothers, Tecmo Bowl, um, have this other side-scroller game called Icy that's pretty dope. Um, so follow me on Twitch, at Serial Sensei, if you're a fan of uh, video games. I'm, I'm trying to get more active on there. So I've been streaming Resident Evil every Sunday. I streamed it yesterday. Um, so you can go watch my stream. It's still up on my channel. Um, so just, you know, follow me. I do stuff. But that's been it uh, for this episode. As always, you can give us a listen. On SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, send emails to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Follow us on the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook and Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Um, but as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later. <laughs>